Dan, how great is it to be together in person, um, worshipping God? Who would have thought that in the middle of last year, we'll be here to, tonight in person worshipping, but here we are. It's awesome. It's fantastic. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Oliver. I have the absolute honour of being the youth pastor here at Doral Hope, um, among many other things that I do as well here. Um, and I'll speak about that a little bit, um, why my love for this house is so, in fact, the love of God's house is so powerful. I'll preach about that later on. Um, if you've been following us with this series, uh, Rene kicked, off, kicked it off and he was talking, and he talked about how he needed to trust God. Um, if, if you don't know Rene, he's from Chile, um, he's here in Australia, and he's, uh, he likes to say he's a fish farmer but I think he's more than that. Um, he talked about how he needed to trust God when he came to the decision of moving um, to different countries to work. His main concern was, would this work? Would this really work? What if I, don't, I can't do the job very well? What if my kids are not liked in school where we're going? He had all these concerns. So for him, he had to learn to trust God in his everyday faith. And then follow on from that, we had um, Joel, who talked about God is always doing a new thing. And he can use our everyday faith to bring about a new thing. Last week, we had Toby, who preached about social media. Um, he encouraged or almost challenged us how we can use our everyday faith to be a positive voice in a place that is so full of negativity. If you miss any of those messages, I'll encourage you to jump on our website and have a listen. Tonight, I continue that series in our everyday faith. But before I go any further, I'd like for us to just bow our head in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that um, you've kept me alive to see this day. And Lord, thank you that you've planned this so long ago for me to stand here and bring your word tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me right now. May I speak what you want me to speak with authority and with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. So this series was um, inspired by a chapter in the book of Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's have a look at that now. It says, so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to put my name in there. So here's what I want you to do, Oliver. You can put your name in there. God helping you, helping me, Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you. And quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. He develops a wall form maturity in you. I want to tell you a story. The story I want to tell you is about a woman whose everyday faith has influenced and shaped my everyday growing faith. But before I go any further, I'd like to honor my wife, Alicia, um, who is here tonight with our five beautiful children. Um, thank you, Alicia. She's a wonderful woman. She's a wonderful wife and a mother to our kids. Um, we 
continue to pray for God's blessing and continuous patience with our five little children. This woman I want to talk about had nine children. No, it's not my mum. She was happily married. Life was going well. Her husband was a head of a large hotel chain. They took holidays in America, in the Bahamas, and other exotic countries. Life for them from the outside, in all measurement of success, was going well. And then all of a sudden, tragedy struck. She lost her husband. At this, at this part of their life, their little child was around six or seven years old. Nine children, and the youngest was around six or seven years old. No husband. Her in-laws were doing everything they could to take her kids away from her. At this, you know, what was she supposed to do now? No income, nothing. You know, sometimes it's easy when life is going so well, we forget where the source of that is. It is so easy. I know I do. If those of you who know my story, now I've come to this, I'm, I'm in this culture where I get, I forget. What about you? You know, God and church was always a part. They were family, what I would describe as the Sunday family. They come to church, they give their tithes and offering. They did the Sunday thing, and then they go home. Faith perhaps wasn't an everyday thing at that particular stage of their life. They had everything they wanted. I mean, they took holidays here and there. Life was going well. This lady had to choose now, at this point of her life, where was she going to go? No one will blame her if she never stepped foot into church again. No one will blame her if she, if she just closed everyone out and just do, it, just do her own thing. But for her, she dug deep and turned back to the source. She turned back to God, Jesus. Was it easy? No, it wasn't. And I'll explain that in a minute. She, she had to almost relearn. She had to relearn what it means to trust and rely on God. She had to relearn what an everyday faith looks like. She found a verse in the book of Deuteronomy 31, 6 that says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. She kept, on to these verse, uh, she kept on to this as a life verse. Today, I'm happy to say all nine of those kids are alive and are doing well, and those nine kids have gone ahead and had children of their own. Towards the end of her, at the end of her life, she had 36 grandkids, 10 grandkids. All her kids, grandkids and great-grandkids, share her faith in Jesus. Three of her kids are senior pastors with their own ministries. Two of her grandkids are youth pastors. Three of her grandkids own their own business. This lady was my grandmother. That's her there with Nala, my eldest daughter in WA. Late last year, she passed away and went to be with her creator. On, sadly, due to the coronavirus, 
I could not be there to attend the funeral. This lady showed our family what it, meant to, what it means to follow Christ, to follow Jesus through the good, the not so good, and the most terrible of times. And trust me, we've seen all of those. I am part of her legacy now. I am one of her grandkids, her grandson. That woman was my grandmother. Yes, I know what you're thinking. She was the original Wonder Woman. So your next question is, so how did she do it? Well, the main text we read tonight says, so God helping you take your everyday life. God didn't say take your perfect life. It didn't say take your sorted life. It didn't say go and sort out and then come. He said, take your, your everyday, ordinary life, whatever is going on right here, right now. God says, take it and put it before me. He cares about it. He says, place it before me. I would like to share three life lessons about, about faith that I learned from my grandma that I'm trying to implement in my everyday growing faith. The first lesson is prayer. In Ephesians 6, 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. When we were growing up, when we were kids, um, I remember my grandmother would call all her grandkids together. Yes, we, as a migrant family, if some of you will know, we live in a multi-generational house. We love living in a multi-generational household. She would gather all my cousins, myself and that. She would open the Bible at the end of the day. She would read a psalm. Then she would close it, and then we would pray together. I can still remember the, the way she prays. It's always the same at the end of the day. It was three, ways, three things she would always pray for. The first thing, she would give praise to God for the day, for us being alive. The second thing she would do, she would pray for is God's provision for that day, not for tomorrow. She will never pray for tomorrow because she says, I don't know if when I'm going to sleep tonight, I'm going to wake up to see tomorrow. She always pray for what God has provided for today. The third thing she would do is, is pray a prayer of protection over our lives, over our dreams as we go to sleep. And it wasn't just at nighttime. During the morning, the entire family, aunt, uncles, everyone will get up around 6 a.m. in the morning and we'll have a family devotion, an hour-long, an hour-long devotion. This is how my nan set up her family. This is how she set up her day to go, to, like Jake was saying in that clip, he liked to spend time in the Word and then pray. Prayer was important to my grandmother. How do you start your day? Sometimes I've become so adjusted that I forget to do this. It's something that I'm trying to work into my everyday faith. I know I need work. I know it needs work. And most of us would agree that our prayer life needs work. I'm certainly not suggesting that I get up at 6 a.m. Sure, if you love doing that, absolutely go for it. If that's the time you think you can commune with God better, go for it. I encourage you to continue. What I'm saying is every day I need to remind myself to be prayerful. 
It can be short prayers. It doesn't need to be an hour or three hours long. It could be before, you go, before I go to a meeting, before I catch up with someone for coffee, or when I'm catching up with someone for a coffee, before I post something on social media, before I send an email. I can pray for the small things and I can pray for the big things. God cares for both of them. God cares about both of them. Or maybe if you want to take it further, Winnie meets here every Sunday at 4 p.m. in our prayer room. You can join Winnie. If you want to grow your prayer life, you can join Winnie in the prayer room every Sunday before I'm done and pray with her. My grandmother taught my, our family the power of prayer. And I'm trying really hard for that to be part of our, our lives as well. My, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Zoya, um, we've, she's, she, she's so cute. When I went to put her in a chair, the first thing she do is fold her hands ready to pray. She's only one. But that's, that's the culture we're trying to build in our house. I can't say I'm succeeding very well, but we're trying. Jesus also modeled this for us. If you read the Gospels or, you know, the accounts of Jesus, the New Testament, Jesus was always away, always leaving his disciples, spending time in prayer. And it wasn't just for him. It was for everyone, his disciples, the church. In the book of Thessalonians 5, 16 to 80, it says, We encourage, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Here at Door of Hope, our number one key value is powerful prayer. As a church community, we believe things happen when we pray. In the book of John 1, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I'm going to ask myself again, how is my prayer life? How is your prayer life? Because of the foundation my grandmother has taught my family, even to this day, my aunts and uncles who are spread across the world call on WhatsApp on, Friday, on every Saturday morning and pray for each other and pray for their kids. I encourage you, if this is an area you want to develop or you're struggling with, Find people around you who can encourage you, who can build you up in this. Because prayer is powerful. The second lesson I learned from my grandmother is the trust in God's provision. In the book of Job 38, 41, it says, Who provides for the ravens its prey when its young ones cry out to God for help and wander about for lack of food? In Luke 12, 7, it says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. If you know the book of Job, um, Job, his, his story there is almost like, almost fit into my, what, similar to what my grandmother went through. Obviously, not, she wasn't sitting with ash under a tree or something, but Job was a man who was doing so well in life, and all of a sudden, tragedy struck. And so he, his friends, he tried not to complain, but finally he broke, and then God was replying to him there. My, grand, my grandmother was extraordinary when it came to trusting God for her daily provision, for strength, for endurance. After raising nine kids on her own, she took on the responsibility of raising her grandkids as well. I remember she would travel from one of her adult kids' house to another month, and spending months at a time. 
She would take over the job, the role of cooking, cleaning, taking the kids to school. In her own way, she thought that spending, I mean, she thought that doing nothing is unacceptable. Even though she trusted God for her daily needs, she also modeled to us the value of hard work. She would always say, God help those who help themselves. Perhaps, I'm not sure, theologically wise, I'm not sure that is, you know, that might ring true, but you get the idea. In the book of Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, "Whatever whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your strength. For there is no work or planning or learning or wisdom in the place of the dead where you're going. I remember those verses will flow out of her mouth whenever she hears us complaining or wanting. She always says, God has provided for you what you need today, not what you want. When my mom was away working months at a time, my nan would take over. She would make sure that we are fed, we are fed, we are bathed, and we get some education. She ended up becoming a teacher, and I remember... She will gather all my brothers and sisters, six of us, and she will hop from one public transport to another just so that we can get an education. Even during the war, my grandmother would do everything she could so that we had something to eat. She trusted in the provision of God so much. And that is something that I want to grow in my everyday faith. That when things are not going well, I don't just go and complain, but I rather I'll trust in God's provision. Obviously through hard work. Her everyday faith in God's provision was something I could not understand at that age. When we said to her, there is no food, she would respond with, God will provide. And indeed, God provide in miraculous ways. She taught me to just stop sometimes and count my blessings. It's not about how much money we've got in the bank account, but the fact that there's, I've got good health, there's breath in my lungs. Sometimes I get so um, caught up in what I want, in what I want, rather than forgetting to give thanks for what I already have. Let us not become so adjusted to the things of this world that we forget to give thanks, that I forget to give thanks. In the book of Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The third lesson I learned from my grandma is the love for the house of God. So hence, if you come here Monday to Friday or Monday to Sunday, you will find me here. Even before I started working here full-time, I love the house of God. It is something that I've grown up with in the family. It wasn't, it's not just about the building. It's not about, just about work. But I'll explain in a minute what that meant for my grandma. Church for us wasn't a Sunday thing. We didn't do church on Sunday. No. We lived and breathed church seven days a week. If there was work to be done in the church, our family was there. Our family was involved in the ushering, the music team, the kids team, the parking, decorating, cleaning, hospitality, you name it. We're part of it. Like I said earlier, hard work was, didn't just stop at home. It extended to the house of God. In most cases, we would know, in most cases, she wouldn't know 
what we, we're going to have when we get home for lunch or something. And then all of a sudden, someone will, someone will come up to her and say, I felt a prompting in my spirit to bless you. Right there and then, God has provided for the next couple of weeks. The love for the house of God wasn't just about serving or doing things like I said, but for fellowship, thought that the house of God was for fellowshipping, the encouraging of others. Even though she'll be going through so much in her life, she'll always dig deep and try to lift others up. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to grow in my everyday faith. Growing up, I wasn't always happy to attend church, as you can, as you can tell. Seven days a week, that would definitely make any child not want to go to church. You know, if we were not at church, we were either at school or our heads were buried in books studying. But, I started, but as I started to get a better understanding of the house of God, I realized it wasn't just about the building. I realized for my grandmother, it was an escape from the noise. It was an escape from the struggles, the ups and the downs, the everyday grind. It was a place of peace, of encouragement, a place where she could meet Yahweh. And for those of you who um, were here when Ben preached about that, the, the, um, the name of God, Yahweh, means breath. We're breathing him in. We're breathing him out. Breath. For her, it was a place to take a breath, to, to just breathe. What does coming here, what does coming to church mean for you? I've got to ask myself as well. I can get so caught up. I might get so caught up in the doing of things and, I, and miss that it's also a place to rest and breathe with others that believe in God. Because of our example about the house of God, when I started work, any, in any of my interviews, I will say to my potential employer, employers, I am happy to work six days a week, Monday to Saturday, whatever time, but on Sundays, it's for God, it's for the house of God and family. And I'm happy to say that, be it so, I've never been called to work on a Sunday. Well, I can't make that excuse now. <laughs> I don't know how that will go down with my employers. But... <laughs> Now, I understand that this may not be possible for everyone, and I'm not judging you on that at all, but when do you take a time to breathe with others? When do you take the time to encourage others? My nan taught me that, that the house of God is not a place for just getting fed, but it's a place to bless and give. For me, serving here at church is not a sacrifice. It is an honor. Because God, the creator of all things, decided to use me to be part of his bigger plan and his bigger picture. When you stop and think about that for a moment, that is huge. So I invite you to consider how you might use your, how you might be part of God's plan, how you might be part, part of his bigger picture through his church. So in conclusion, it might sound, this may sound like my grandmother had it all figured out and knew how and what to do exactly when, but that could not be further from the truth. She was only able to live out her everyday faith through Jesus Christ. It wasn't easy. I would love to stand here and tell you from there on life, 
instantly got better, the sunshine and roses. The only reason why she came to understand that she could not do this on her own. She could not do it on her own. She had to rely on God to do it. On our own, we will crumble and fall. And you know what, church? I am still figuring all those lessons out. I am still figuring out. I'm still learning what it means to have a healthy prayer life, what it means to rely on God daily. I still want to, our human nature, we still want to have control. I want to know what, what will happen tomorrow today. My everyday faith is a daily continuous project. And you know, and I don't know where you are today in your everyday faith. Maybe you are starting to doubt. It's okay, I've been there. And I get there, every now and then I get those doubt, doubtful moments. Or maybe you are starting to learn what it means, what this faith thing is all about. I encourage you to continue. Get people around you who will encourage you more in that. Or maybe for you, you might be wondering what this is all about. Well, if that is you, we would love to explore, explore it further with you. We, uh, we offer a course here at Dorofa called Alpha. And it, got, it explains in depth what God and faith is all about. Wherever you are, Jesus is right there with you. I invite the band up. Is it helping your prayer life? Is it a better reliance on God for your daily need? Or how you can best use the gifts and abilities he has blessed you with to serve others both here at church and at work? Church, let's not become so adjusted to our culture that we forget to take our everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God. Why? So that we can embrace what God does for us. So that we can readily respond to His will when things happen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you are alive and you are active in our lives. Lord, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, you are still working. Lord, tonight I pray for those who need strength and who needs courage and who needs help in their prayer life. Lord, I pray that they don't have to make up this big prayer, but just the simple things. You're interested in just the simple and everyday things. Lord, I also pray for those who need to rely on you more for their daily provision, that you are God who provides. Lord, I pray that you open the eyes of our hearts to see that. And Lord, I also pray that you give us a fresh love for your house, for your people. You'll show us ways in which we can reach others better how we can serve others better through our everyday faith. Through your wonderful son's name, in Jesus' name, amen.